and welcome to the Edu Switchboard podcast. I'm your host, Jana Parker, licensed educational psychologist, wellness and executive function coach, and parent consultant. Visit jplep.com to become a member of my community or to access my assessment or coaching services. All right, well, welcome back. I am Jana Parker, and I'm here today with Andy Rich and Danielle Morgan, and they are the co-owners of Thriving Minds, which is kind of an academic tutoring specialty facility in Campbell, California. And um, I'll just give a little bit about who I am, just in case anybody who hasn't listened to me before. Um, this uh, This is a passion project of mine. It's called Edu Switchboard. I am connecting our community with professionals in the area and beyond because now we can support so many more students and families virtually. Um, But it's really just about, you know, spreading the word about the people in the community who are here to help families and children and trying to just kind of uh, make make us all available uh, in an authentic kind of way and share some stories And um, really, uh, this came together as part of COVID-19 and this whole shift with families to a whole new way of thinking about school, about education, about being with their kids so much more frequently, and what we can do to help our students, but also help ourselves kind of get through it and stay sane. Um, I'll just give a quick little, um, you know, we're, I'm looking out the window right now. It is the eeriest day. It's September 9th, 2020, and we're in the Bay Area, and there are fires going on all around us, and today it's overcast, and it just looks like the apocalypse outside, and we're all just kind of hoping <laughs> that it doesn't get any worse. <laughs> Um, So the last thing I'll say before we get started here, and I introduce my guests again, is that uh, if you want to listen to this podcast, just search it on Edu Switchboard, but you can also find this on YouTube, and uh, both are listed on my website at jplep.com under resources and podcasts. Um, So without further ado, I really want to get into talking about these two lovely ladies, Andy and Danielle. Um, I want to hear a little bit about um, who you are, and we'll go from there. So, Andy, why don't you start us off? Of course. So, like Jana's explained, thank you for having us, by the way. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So, we're Thriving Minds Learning Center. I'm the co-owner. My name is Andy Rich. Um, Our office, uh, right now we're in a shelter-in-place time, so we are currently all online in our format for sessions. but we have an office in Campbell, California, and it's right off of downtown. And there we have individual sessions with one instructor and one student. We've also been able to push into private schools where parents arrange with us to come in and work with their individual student, uh, pulling them out of class. And that's worked really well also. Are you doing, I'm just gonna ask before Danielle, before you introduce yourself, are you able to do any of that support during the school day right now with kids as they're in their distance learning classes? Hey, Sorry, you know totally off. Yet, um, but since it happened organically before in some of these private schools and they know of us 
and parents do. I figure at some point in time, since we're like three weeks into the school year, that we'll start making those arrangements at, as time goes on. But right now it's more in the after school hours since schools okay. are still working out those kinks. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Danielle, tell us a little bit, um, tell us a little bit about you and then we'll kind of go into, um, into Andy's background too. Sure. So thanks for having us, Jana. So my name is Danielle Morgan and I have a master's degree in psychology from San Jose State. And, you know, I started this kind of journey working with kids uh, right after I graduated uh, with my bachelor's and I was kind of tired of doing the job I had. And I thought, oh, you know, I found this cool tutoring job. I'm going to check it out. And it was an Orton Gillingham based program. And it was just going to be like a summer job. And there was a little boy there. Gosh, he must have been about, I don't know, maybe fourth or fifth grade, but he could not read at all. I mean, could not read. And he had an he had intensive classes for, I think, like every day, two to three hours a day. And by the end of the summer, he was reading at like a second grade level, which, you know, it's not where he's supposed to be. But I mean, it was a huge progress. And I just thought, man, this is what I want to do. I can't believe this child came in. He can't read. And now he's off like a rocket. And he's, you know, he's doing his thing. And his parents were so excited. And I just mm -hmm. thought, this is, this is what I want to do. And so that's kind of where I started. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and Andy, you uh, tell us your story. Yeah, uh, my teaching credential is in mild to moderate learning disabilities, and my master's degree is in special education from Santa Clara. So both Danielle and I really grew up in the Bay Area. Her master's is from San Jose State, mine's from Santa Clara. That's why I felt it was relevant. So we <laughs> I have a real love for the community, for the Bay Area, and the students here. And um, I've worked in a variety of classroom settings at non-public, public, public uh, schools, all from, also I've been, um, goodness, I've just done a lot in the special education community. So I've sat on those IEP teams uh, with children from kindergarten all the way up into high school age. Um, so that, <laughs> and, and learning disabilities ranging, my emphasis in my master's degree was on autism. And now in a private uh, sector, I've worked with kids with dyslexia, ADHD, other language processing delays and, um, and just just gaps gaps in learning and helping to bridge those yeah and i would imagine now more than you've likely seen before there are kids who might be having problems with learning but it's not even because they have any kind of learning disability but yeah. maybe just because they're struggling in distance learning oh absolutely yeah and you you feel like we can i mean that that's that's how danielle and i I mean, came together. Our, our business has been open for about three and a half years, and we've worked together um, and known each other for about five years. But we really do have this belief in our kind of core, you know, professional values that that every student is capable of learning. And right now, in this online format, you have you have students that 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 are you know maybe missing some of that content or aren't getting their individual needs met. And that's really where where we come in with this private. Uh, tutoring experience and, and learning about the students and be able to really meet their own individual needs. So I think more than ever, it's a great <laughs> line of work to be able to, to work with students one on one. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us, tell us about, you know, I was just going to ask how you met. So you met at work <laughs> met at in work. another facility. I, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. To, to take, take on the business. Um, and work together and, and kind of build build a company and we've been really fortunate with great families and students and we just you know consistently and i, I will say that 
<laughs> Danielle kind of caught this, this bug about goodness of online learning about two and a half years ago. She said, we should learn more about online curriculum. And, um, you know, we even worked kind of with some kids in some different States and gosh, our, you know, expertise can, can be used for students everywhere. <laughs> and, um, so we, we tried that and she actually did work with some students, even that were just, just local, but, um, uh, you know, on, online. And so we were, we were prepared during this shelter in place to, uh, to continue on with online services. So we felt really grateful in that way that it's been, you know, a fairly seamless transition and most students have adapted well, but we were kind of prepared to do so. Yeah, that's really fortunate for you. You were kind of seeing beyond um, just kind of as a business venture, but it ended up really coming in handy, I'm sure. The, uh, not everybody was ready for that, especially the schools. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, I mean, it has its challenges, but I'm glad that we were in a place where it, um, you know, at our families and our instructors, we were all willing to, to go into it and, you know, you're constantly evolving and, and innovating as is, but it's, it's, it's been good. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, and so, what, you know, you were saying you work with, um, uh, or maybe you haven't said yet. No, you said you previously worked with kids of kind of all ages. And where do you, where do you kind of focus in your business now at Thriving Minds? So we work with students that are in grades one through eight. Um, and specifically with subject areas, we'll see those early learners that need uh, kind of pre-reading even skills in uh, the decoding process. Uh, in coding with spelling goes along with that. And then we also, there's students that we worked with from that early age, and now they're at a point where they need writing help as they move into upper elementary to middle school, as well as more of that reading comprehension aspect. And then we also have a few math specialists on our staff. I should say that we have currently eight, right, Danielle, uh, instructors working with us. And that includes Danielle and I, who have a few students and also manage the business. But those are, those are our areas that we work on, reading, writing, math, also. Yeah. Um, and you, we, we were talking offline prior, but it seems like your business has really flourished over the past year. Where do you feel like you've gotten kind of the most, like, where has it expanded or like, what are the, what are those needs that um, their families are coming to you now for? Or has it just been the same, but now just more? I would say it's been the same, but, but just more. I yeah. just, yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think, uh, especially with math, you know, we have those, it, it goes with the reading. So you have, you know, you have these word problems and the, the children are unable to extract the information and really figure out what are you asking me to do? Like maybe they can do, you know, the multiplication, the division, but they can't pull the information out of, of the, of the, of the reading. And so it kind of all kind of ties together, but then we do have kids so, you know, they also are struggling with, you know, regular addition and subtraction. And then we've always got those kids where, my gosh, they read, you know, high school level almost. I mean, they're like fantastic readers, but they are not comprehending anything that they've read. So we get a lot of those kiddos too. Yeah. Yeah. And you work all one-on-one -on -one or do you do some small all groups when you're in the clinic? You know, all individual, okay. Small groups over the years, like in summer when children are friends and they're super young, we've, we've worked with them and we've worked with a math group this summer. But our, our typical wheelhouse, our, our best, best tutoring scenario is just that we work, we work individually with students. That's what we're great at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To do. Yeah. That's what, what parents are really coming to us for. Great. 
And in terms of intervention tools, it seems like it's a lot of the early reading um, intervention tools specifically. So if parents are looking for a specific kind of program, what are kind of the main programs that you would say that you use? Yeah, so we use Orton-Gillingham-based curriculum. I would say primarily Barton Reading and Spelling Program and Linda Mood-Bell, Visualizing and Verbalizing. We do use some Wilson, but really Barton is really the bulk of what we do, and then the Linda Mood-Bell. So, um, and then we use multi-sensory approach for math using different kinds of manipulatives and things like that as well. Okay, great. And it, um, you have a lot of tools in your toolbox, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so if, so if somebody is coming resources yeah say that again say it one more time so plenty plenty of resources absolutely yeah. yeah so if somebody is coming into your clinic how do you what's your intake process for kind of understanding like how you're going to route the student who's having trouble yeah absolutely um i mean a, a parent just typically kind of along the continuum of how it works is that they will email or call us through our website or you know, just give us a call. And Danielle and I like to speak to these families uh, for the first time and get to know the learning needs and talk with the family a bit about their educational background, what they would be looking for in tutoring. And at that point, we offer a free consultation with, again, one of us as the owners. And we go through a series of informal assessment activities that are based on what the family has expressed are main areas of need. And that way, that can guide us should they choose to go forward with, with sessions in their program. And we consider, we, we also chat with the parents after um, working through those assessment activities with the student. And we get to know, you know, uh, what the parent uh, both is looking for in an academic sense, as well as, you know, what, what has been your experience in the past? Even would this student work best with a male or female? We have both on staff right now and uh, just get to know that. Um, you know, if you're working on reading and math, should we share to instructors? So we just try to take everything into consideration, obviously the academic and curriculum portion, but who this child is and who they're gonna best, best work with. And we have a great team. So we've had really good success with matching up students and instructors and everyone we hire is very positive, enthusiastic, wonderful with children. And, uh, you know, we know our curriculum really well. Yeah, so it works oh, that's out. great. Good, great. Um, and so, and then you'd also de like determine how many times a week the right. student would need yeah. it. And you're saying sometimes that they might even have two different yeah, people yeah. So that they're working with. Working on two subject areas, we would, uh, you know, perhaps suggest that they work with two instructors based on that. But, uh, but typically we do, even if they're just working on the one subject, it's, it's really best, especially as we begin with the student for best progress, consistency, building that rapport with the student to work together two times a week. So that's, that's what we recommend most of all. Now, during shelter in place with some of these younger kiddos, we've actually suggested that they work with us for 30 minutes. We have kids instead of our full sessions, 55, but work with us for 30 minutes, two or three times a week while they're really young and the online thing is overwhelming. And then we'll build from there into a full session length. Yep, yep, makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the things that I really want to kind of like wrap up our talk with is just kind of focusing on what are some strategies that families can use with their kids during this time, you know, because these are the things that I really want people to take away um, just from all of the talks that I'm doing with everybody. So Danielle, what would you say? 
So yeah, Andy and I kind of talked about this. Uh, we really feel like movement is a big key with a lot of these kids. Uh, I know for my son, we have a huge yoga ball and he sits on it, you know, so it's good for his core, kind of doing the little bouncy thing and kind of getting the wiggles out <clears throat> while he's learning. And um, a fidget, a fidget's kind of good too. You know, they have it in their hand, they can kind of tinker around with it because <laughs> what we've noticed sometimes is, you know, they kind of stare off, they're kind of checked out a little bit. So that can kind of bring them back in. And then what I think is really cool too is to download the um, the Libby app for the library and to <clears throat> find a cool audio book that your kid likes and then to go for a walk and kind of listen to the story together. And that way they're, they're not reading, but they're kind of, you know, they're able to listen to the story and really kind of engage with it. And I think those kind of things are really fun to do. Andy? Yeah, uh, so I have a young daughter. She's 18 months, but I have a lot of friends that do have these elementary school age um, children working at home online. So I'm going to borrow a, a tip from one of them. But I really do think, I mean, I, I always say in our practice that parents, you know, we're working with parents who know their kids best. So you know, as a parent, if your kid's an introvert or an extrovert, and, um, and what kind of social needs were being met in the school setting that now are maybe lacking. <laughs> they're out on the playground, they're, doing, they're not doing those things right now online. So if you think about your extroverted kid, you're thinking, gosh, after their school day, they wanna go on a walk with me, chat my ear off about all their school tasks or just talk about anything else, but that's gonna be a way for them to kind of process and that's important. And my introverted kid is gonna sit <laughs> and maybe not, you know, do anything or read a book, you know, be on their own. And that's kind of their way to, to recharge. But I think the bottom line with that is if those, you know, and, and look, if parents also with friends, they want to get their, um, their son, daughter on, <coughs> on Minecraft or engage with friends over FaceTime, whatever feels right to that family is important. But I think the bottom line there is if their social needs, again, within a family or others are being met, then they're much more Apt to be really engaged online as they need to during during their school day. Yeah, absolutely. Their school day on, online. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, right. It's an interesting time, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really interesting time. Yeah. Um, so are there any particular kinds of um, things that you might provide support to families just kind of wrapping up in this last little bit of um, like interventions or supports that you would provide students that that the families then can recreate at home like are there things that you do with your students and then kind of like filter yeah. that down into the home I think that I think the biggest thing that we have been able to do since we work individually with students is to get to know their learning style and integrate that into their sessions. So again, with a parent knowing a child the best, if they're visual or they're kinesthetic and they need to move, just feeling like it's, 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 it's a great time. I mean, it's a gift in the sense that you have this time with your student to, to really hone in on those things that, that complement their own learning style. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else that you think parents should know or be practicing at this time with their kids? Anything else you feel like maybe you left out that you're like, oh, I should have said that, you know, what would it be? 
gosh, you know, I guess a lot of our parents, you know, when they first start coming to us, they, they ask us, oh, you know, do you guys have homework? What kind of homework should we do? And I think our philosophy is like, no, they, they get plenty of homework at school. We don't want to, we want tutoring to be fun. We don't want it, I mean, you know, as fun as it can be, we want it to be an enjoyable experience. We don't want them to go, oh, I had to go to tutoring and now I have to go home and do tutoring homework. So I always tell parents, you know, what's really great is that if you can read out loud to your child, that's really great, you know, cause they can listen to how you're reading it and that, you know, the intonation in your voice and the pacing at which you're reading it and the, you know, inflection in your voice. So that's really great for kids and it kind of gets them excited and motivated to want to read back to the parent. I think that's really great. So they develop, that's exactly right. And, and a love for stories. It motivates them to to want to read and kind of create that that world of you know and envisioning a story so i think that's 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 wonderful for parents to do at home reading i completely agree with you and i think one of the things that you one of the things that kids who struggle with reading struggle with is have getting that inspiration from books and getting that sense of engagement so i i always highly recommend parents reading with their kids too and reading books that are more kind of on their content level, even if it's not on their reading level. And I remember back to elementary school, I mean, teachers were doing that a lot, like, you know, reading and you'd like put your head down on the desk and you'd oh, get this, you know, you'd get into this story. It was like Indian in the cupboard. I remember we read that book, you know, like yeah. so many books that were just like, um, you know, you're, you're just getting into the yeah. story. So that's a great suggestion. Um, anything else? Yeah, you know, I, I think this is just, I mean, such an interesting time. We've said that a few times throughout this conversation, but um, it can be a time for families to get to, you know, that activity that maybe they don't usually have time for. So with a student and who they are as an individual, they may want to choose a passion project for this time. So um, okay. that could be... <laughs> passion project. <laughs> yeah, what, whatever it is that, that really interests them. It could go anything from uh, learning, you know, let's, let's, let's learn the ukulele or let's, um, you can start your own podcast about something you're really interested in or, you know, let's, let's uh, have you take a coding class or, you know, you are going to do that, uh, you know, embroidery cross stitch you've been waiting on and that that can be something that they both look forward to after their school time. Um, yeah, as, as, as well as it just be an exciting way to engage with your child as, as a parent that isn't academic. Because I think one of the strains that we're seeing in homes is that there's such a struggle to feel like I'm the parent and I'm the teacher and I'm kind of the enforcer now of this online experience. So doing something that's, that's outside of that, that academic realm, I think can really strengthen families as well. Yeah, I really agree with that. I love you know, and even especially when you're talking about students who might be struggling academically, by feeling, by by being able to feel inspired and have some kind of passion project or have something that they really are enjoying doing and getting involved in as an individual and as a family, that's what keeps their self-esteem up, you know, keeps their confidence up. I'm thinking, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about like all my like friends, kids that I saw doing like cooking cooking videos on, on Facebook or something, you know, like, and then I put the sugar in the, and they're so cute, you know, peeling a zucchini and the big, I'm, I have a total visual in my head for that right now, but that's really 
um, th this is, and, and that's kind of how I started this, right? Like I had a little bit of extra time. I was like, what do I do with this time? And it's so easy for us to get like, oh, what do I do with this time? Well, I binge watch another show. You know, no. You know, this morning, my stepson woke up an hour early and he goes, Jana, well, I'm up an hour early and I have already set my alarm to tell me five minutes before school starts. So can I watch an episode of whatever? And we were like, no, no, just, you're going to find that, ah, you know, we're like, no, you're going to find something else to do. You know, you so don't have to like- Passion project. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, and you know, did. What's great, <laughs> what's great about comic book. What's ahead, great about the passion project is that you can weave learning into it because they're already open to it, right? So if it's cooking, we can talk about measurement and that's kind of like a math class, right? Or my son's into pottery. We can talk about the history of clay or pottery or when pottery kind of came into the scene in the world or you know, if it's the kazoo, who, who invented the kazoo? So there can be all the kinds of research that goes along with it. And that makes it, you know, not just a passion project, but also an experience to learn at the same time where it doesn't seem like you're learning. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of disguised in that natural sense where you're right. bringing academics into it. Right. And then you can use those later for when you are learning something that may be kind of boring and you go, oh no, remember when you were doing this, like, and how it relates. You it's all learning. Yeah. You know, and that, that piece, that is what we try um, in our tutoring business to just incite in children. Like, we are going to make you feel successful. And you do have students who are learning and doing really well in one piece, but you absolutely just want to empower them to feel like I, and, and we do have those successes. And I think that's really important for a student to feel really equipped with a toolbox of, um, of confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies, how do people contact you? So they reach out to us via email or calling. And um, let's see. So our emails are andy at thrivingmindslearning.com and Danielle's is danielle at thrivingmindslearning.com. My name is spelled A-N-D-I-E. I was going to do that. <laughs> and, um, and then our, our, our number is 408-628-0378. We also have a website and it's simple. I mean, it's just thrivingmindslearning.com and then you can find, find our emails and, and phone number and we promise we will contact you back and we'll chat and we'll be excited to meet you. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you. It was so great talking to you both. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, oh, great. absolutely. It was just really an excuse for me to get to talk to you again <laughs> and see you. Oh my God. Well, have a wonderful night and um, thank you. And um, I will see you again soon. And thanks everybody for listening. If you listened and you liked it on a podcast, please rate and review the podcast. That's how we get the word out to more families who need to hear these messages. And if you watched this on um, YouTube, please also subscribe and leave a little like or a comment there. And again, you can find me on my website at uh, jplep.com. So thanks a lot and have a good one. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Edu Switchboard podcast. 
If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at Jana at jplep.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, I'm here to help.